I hope it's water. Did you deliver it? Did you sneak it up here and not fall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, so first, first Chronicles 15. Did I say Corinthians? I'm sorry. We're in the Old Testament. First Chronicles. There we go. Old Testament. My, my. Well, that is quite a difference, yeah. Okay, let me make sure I'm right, too. I know I'm in Chronicles. Let me make sure I get you the right one. Okay, First Corinthians. Or excuse, there I go again. Chronicles. Fifteen, yes. Okay. All right. Okay, why don't we open in prayer and we'll ask the Lord to bless and then uh, we'll see what the Lord has. Father, we love you. We thank you that we can be in your house once more. We thank you that we have a camp uh, that our young people can go to. Uh, well, young at heart even, just can go there and hear from your word. And I pray that you bless them as you're blessing us here uh, with, the, with your spirit. I pray that you speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, Father, help us to set all distractions aside. Um, so just focus for a few minutes on your word and, and take something home with us tonight, Lord Father, that can be used uh, in our hearts, in our lives. Um, for those that do not know you as Savior, I pray that they would uh, call unto you before it's too late. Lord, it's, it's in your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. We love and you praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. First Chronicles, chapter 15. All right, so uh, let's begin reading in, um, uh, well, we'll just read in verse 1. Uh, that'll give us some context of where we are. So First Chronicles 15, verse 1, And David made him houses in the city of David, and prepared a place for the ark of God, and pitched for it a tent. Then David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites, for them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God, and to minister unto him forever. And David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord unto his place, which he had prepared for it. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites of the sons of Kohath, Uriel the chief, and his brethren, and a hundred and twenty of the sons of Moriah, Esaiah the chief, and his brethren, two hundred and twenty. Of the sons of Gershom, Joel the chief, and his brethren, a hundred and thirty. Of the sons of Elizaphan, Shemaiah the chief, and his brethren, two hundred. Of the sons of Hebron, Eliel the chief, and his brethren, fourscore. Of the sons of Uziel, uh, Amenadab the chief, and his brethren, a hundred and twelve. Now, that's just the context. David's getting his chief leaders together right now. And look here in verse 11. And David called for Zadok and Abiathar, uh, excuse me, Abiathar the, the priest. And for the Levites, for Uriel, Messiah, and Joel, and Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Amenadab. And he said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. Verse 14, So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. Verse 15, last, last verse, And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. Now, in this selected passage, 
King David is uh, speaking directly to his, his ministry leaders. He's saying, I, I want you to go sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it. The topic tonight is sanctify leadership. You're like, well, I'm not in a position of leadership. Well, yes, you are. Everyone is a leader to somebody. Um, so the question we're going to try to answer is, why should you be a sanctified leader? What does that mean? What does that look like? So it was in the heart of the king here. He's asking his ministry leaders, he's commanding, say, hey, go sanctify yourselves. Um, the king wanted to bring the ark to a prepared place. You know, they attempted this once before, and David alluded to that. If you turn back to uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 13.9, if you turn back there real quick, what happened on that account? 1 uh, yeah, Chronicles 13.9 says, And when they came under the threshing uh, floor of Chidon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. Wow, God just killed him outright. What happened there? A breach occurred. First Chronicles 13.11 says, And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore, that place is called Perusa to this day. Now, this brings us back to 1 Chronicles 15, 12. So, remember, King David, he's speaking to his ministry leaders. He's saying, hey, want to go get the ark? We attempted this once, but this time, hey, sanctify yourselves first. He says, hey, you and your brethren, sanctify yourselves first. He's, he's emphasizing uh, to sanctify themselves before they go do this. Why, why would he ask them to do that? Because he knew, he remembered. For because you did it not the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order. What is the breach? Uh, in this case, the breach was God smote Uzzah, a man of God. He touched the ark, and he wasn't supposed to. They were commanded to not touch of the holy thing. Uh, and God smote him and killed him. Um, so let me clarify, what, what would a breach be to us? A breach in general means a violation of a law, uh, the violation or non-fulfillment of a contract, um, the non-performance of a moral duty. It's to make it an opening. Uh, Uzzah was in violation of God's word, his law, to not touch the holy thing. Uh, that's what the staves were for. They were to carry it and, and not touch directly. Right? And he reaped the consequences. Uzzah was killed outright for it. That word sanctify, what do I mean by that? It means to cleanse. It means to purify. To make holy. To separate. To set yourselves apart. To a point to a holy, sacred, or religious use. So in context, he's emphasizing to his ministry leaders... Hey, this time, let's sanctify ourselves before we go to move this ark. Let's, let's get God's blessing on it first, basically, is what we're saying. Uh, before we attempt to go do this again. Uh, we don't want another breach, is what King David is saying. We don't want to lose another Uzzah 
attempting to move this ark. So point number one, why be a sanctified leader? Why should we all, even if we're not in a quote-unquote position of leadership, you might be second string and you have to come in here and preach. Anyway, just anyway. Anyway, anyway, we should be sanctified, set apart, because so we all can serve the Lord effectively without a breach, so that we can have God's blessing. Uh, after the chief ministry's leaders sanctified themselves this time, do you know what happened? Uh, this time, when they went to move the ark, uh, they did it God's way. God blessed them for it. Uh, and they were able to move the ark without losing any lives this time. Uh, the second time they attempted to move the ark, God blessed and no one died. They did it right. They were effective the second time around without a breach. Think about it this way. Let me break it down to you and I level, uh, or maybe just my level, because I'm, I'm way down here, right? I'm, I'm, I think real simply. Uh, what does this mean to Sean? It means, if Sean, if I have a sincere desire to serve God, that is not enough. It's a start. But just because I sincerely desire to want to serve God, that does not excuse any decision in, our, in my life, that does not excuse me doing whatever I want. I, I can have a sincere desire, but do it all the wrong way. Uzzah, what happened? Sincere desire to save the ark. He didn't want it to fall. I understand. It's a holy thing. Boy, we don't want it to fall. And that would have been bad. But he failed to heed one other commandment where God said, but don't touch it. And he touched it. His desire was right in our side. We would say, man, he did the right thing. But not in God's eyes. He didn't do it the right way. So I can have a sincere desire to serve God, but if I'm not doing it God's way, by His plan, by His rules, it does not guarantee I'm going to get the blessing for it. Right? Merely signing up. How about this? Merely signing up for a ministry or just being involved in a ministry, it does not automatically mean you're right with God. It does not automatically mean you're more spiritual. It could lead to that. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not trying to knock you for signing up for a ministry. I hope, I hope you do. That'd be great if, if you, you feel like God wants you to do something. But I want you to understand the motivation behind it, I guess. Why are you doing it? Um, are you doing it out of a right desire? And then are you researching through God's word, how am I supposed to do this? What's the right way? Because God does get very detailed in certain things of how he wants things done. So if you get involved, remember... Let's sanctify ourselves first. Let's, let's look at our lives. Let's examine our heart. Is there something that we need to take care of first? Um, uh, may, maybe we haven't been reading enough to know how a Christian is supposed to behave. Maybe there's some questions that we haven't figured out yet. Maybe you feel the Holy Spirit telling you, you know, Sean, this thing right here, this is not good. And maybe you've just been neglecting it and not wanting to deal with it. Uh, and, and you've just been kind of hiding it. Maybe you've been, lumped, I'll just bury it with uh, doing God's work. And I'll just forget about that sin or whatever this thing that's ailing me. I'll just forget about it. But God doesn't forget about it. Alright? So, sanctify ourselves first, God says in His Word. Then... Boy, we're more effective to hear what He wants us to do. Uh, we're more sensitive to the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, and will help prevent those breaches from occurring. Uh, we might be able to hear the Holy Spirit and not ignore 
one command where he said, don't touch it though. You know, that desire, when we see the ark fall, we'd be like, boy, I want to grab it. But God said, I'll die. You know, that part was gone. Uzzah didn't have that. It wasn't there. It wasn't fresh in his mind for whatever reason. And so he died. Why be a sanctified leader? To serve God effectively, to the best that you can, without a breach. That's point number one. A little bit more. Uh, Number two, what's another reason why uh, to serve uh, the Lord God uh, effectively without a breach? Uh, Excuse me, why be a sanctified leader? To serve the Lord effectively without a breach. And number two, following God's plan. Boy, when you do it God's way, is it not more, more joyful in your life? Do you not feel good when you, you and God are on the same page and you're like, you know what? Thank you, Lord. I, I finally understood about whatever this was. Or you told me to do this. Or, or, or I felt led that you, were supposed, that you told me to give so-and-so some money. Does it not feel good when you obey God? It's the same thing with a child. Um, a child typically wants to please their parents. They look to see that affection, that assurance that they're doing right from mom and dad. Again, don't get, we're all sinners. I know that they're not going to be perfect. But you understand what I mean. Um, there is joy doing it the right way. There is joy when we obey God. Turn over to First um, Chronicles 15. Look at verse 25. Look at verse 25. What happened when they did it the right way? They sanctified their ministry leaders. Um, they got things right. Uh, they looked for God's instruction. And then it, look here in verse 25. It says, So David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Odeb Edom with joy. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, that they offered seven, uh, seven bullocks and seven rams. And David clothed with a robe of fine linen and all the Levites that bear the Ark and the singers, and, uh, boy, forgive me of these names, Shaniah, the master of the song with singers, David also had upon him an ephod of linen, Thus, all Israel, this isn't just the ministry leaders now, brought up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord with shouting, uh, not with anger, with joy, uh, and with sound of the coronet, uh, with trumpets, with cymbals, with making a noise, with psalteries and harps. They were excited because God blessed their effort. They were excited because they did it the right way, and God honored it. It just feels so good when we, when we obey God. Um, again, uh, why should we be sanctified leaders? Uh, point number one, so that we can serve God without a breach. So we don't violate a law. So we, we follow his word. Number two, because following God's plan is so much more joy. Um, anyone experienced... I forgot to mention one verse. When you do something wrong, uh, Proverbs 20:17 says this, Bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. I have tasted much gravel in my life, both before I became a Christian and after I became a Christian. Why? Because Sean's flesh, and he does some stupid stuff sometimes. And then the Lord says, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? That doesn't taste very good. I don't want to eat gravel anymore. And he reminds me, I've got to do it his way. 
right? Anyway, uh, so again, point number one, so you can serve without a breach. Point number two, following his way is so much more joy in your life. And then last point, number three, so that we, you and I, can be an example in our sphere of influence. Fancy terminology, but all I mean is who's looking up to you. Someone you know is looking up to you somewhere. Uh, I don't care if you feel like there's nobody looking up to you, but there's somebody watching, okay? And so you're like, well, I'm not a leader. But in a way, you are if someone's looking up to you. So someone's going to watch us, and we have influence over their life. What do you want to be accountable to, to them? What do you want to show them, those that are looking to you? Um, I'll I'll break it down to the parent-child level. It's one of the easiest ones to do. But it could be aunt, uncle. Um, My wife and I, we were known as Tati and Honey for years. That's all we were. We weren't mom and dad. We were Tati and Honey. What do I mean? We were uncle and aunt, okay? Uh, And and we were uh, looked up to, I don't know why, but we were looked up to uh, by kids, okay? And it was very important that I had to watch what I was doing. I remember one time uh, Levi was in the car with me, and um, my wife made the comment, she asked the question, why are you stopping at a green light? And then he fired back, stop, 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 stopping that green light. You know, and it was like you could sense like he was like some anger in there. And I was like, wow, he really fed off of some what he thought was some tension. And I, I was like, note to self, I've got to be very careful about how I carry myself, right? Uh, again, we're all leaders to somebody. What do you want to influence? In our text, what happened? It started with David talking to his ministry leaders first. He said, go sanctify yourselves. And then he says, go to your brethren. So then it went from the leaders, then it went to their brethren. And then what did I read to you? Eventually, all of Israel was involved with the taking up of the ark the second time. It became a nation affair. Anybody that was near, right? Do you see how it can spread? Um, if, if we are seeking God to try to serve Him without a breach, if we are seeking God, people will see that joy in your life, and then the little guys or anyone else looking up to you watch, and they learn, and they try to do the exact same thing that you're doing. Um, how about this? Let me break it down. Um, no doubt, people in here, like myself, look at Pastor to see what he's doing. Okay, well, how does he do it? Um, there's got to be something good about how he does it. Maybe I should think about trying what he's doing. Or maybe you have a Sunday school teacher. What is he or she doing? Uh, as you lead, others will follow. Maybe uh, there's a ministry leader. Maybe you're a ministry leader. How you lead, others are going to follow. Uh, Tim Thomas, I think of you in the, over in the junior church. You know, you're over there. If they see you one time, lose your temper they're going to remember it. You could yeah, yeah, oh yeah, it's like hiding the wind, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, but one time, boy, and I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. You, you know what I mean. We just keep that tucked away, right? Um, uh, hey, wife, as you lead, others are going to follow. Uh, father, as you lead, others are going to follow. Uh, mothers, uh, you, you name a title, a position, uh, something. Grandma, grandpa, uncle. There are people watching, uh, young or old. Again, so why should we 
you and I be sanctified leaders, and I'm about done. Number one, to serve the Lord effectively without a breach. Uzzah died because of a breach, because he did not obey God in that moment. That zeal, that desire to serve God did not override God's law and his word and the instructions of how to do it, right? Again, number two, following God's plan. Boy, it's so much more joy uh, when you lay your head down at night knowing you're right with God. There is joy with that. Uh, And number three, uh, to be an example to those in your sphere of influence. Again, as you lead, others will follow. And uh, I'm wrapping up here. My prayer tonight is that this was helpful. Uh, I hope this is something that I say a lot uh, when I'm teaching Sunday school or whatever I'm teaching. I hope I, I, get, I get practical. Okay, hopefully something was said tonight. You could take that thing, drop it in your tool bag, um, and when you're out in the world there and you're like, ooh, I remember, I heard this before. And you can pull out the tool and you got something, right, to help you. Hopefully there's something here tonight that was said that will help you this, the rest of this week as you go up back out in there. Because, you know, the world will just weigh on you. There's, you're going to encounter things, right, uh, that you're going to have to deal with. Uh, again, how you lead, others are going to follow. You know, as I wrap up, I, I live my life, Sean's way, up until uh, May 8, 2005. Um, I was in my early 20s, you know, Sean's way, you know, his idea of what was right in his eyes was, uh, it involved uh, drinking, it involved some jail time, uh, a whole lot of sadness, Um, and then, and then I heard about someone from this book, his name is Jesus Christ, then I heard about someone in this book that would forgive me of those sins. I, I, there, I, it just blew me away that, that Jesus Christ was willing to forgive me. Uh, took a while, took many years, but I finally understood what salvation is. And so May 8, 2005, I, I, I turned from Sean's old lifestyle, even though, you know, I didn't have the power. I just, I looked unto God. I said, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me, save me. And he did. And he's still working on me. That sanctification part, that comes after you're saved, Right. God teaches us how to live. Anyway, that is all I have for tonight. And I've already touched bases with it. I'm going to ask Brother Roy Butler if he would close the service for us uh, tonight. Brother, would you do that?